Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode, uh, well, not 100, but 220. How time flies. Entitled, Jumping on the Bandwagon. I think we've all heard that slogan, but do you have any idea where it came from? Well, I know that I did not. But since I decided to use that as the title of today's episode, I'm like, let me find out. And I ask a place where many people are asking questions recently, and that would be ChatGPT. And so this is the answer that I received. The phrase jumping on the bandwagon originates from the world of politics and entertainment. In the 19th century United States, during political campaigns, candidates would often parade through town on a horse-drawn bandwagon. As the wagon made its way through the streets, it would attract attention and gather supporters. People who joined the parade or climbed onto the bandwagon were seen as aligning themselves with the popular or winning side. Over time, the phrase, jumping on the bandwagon, evolved to refer to the act of joining a cause, a trend, or movement simply because it was popular or gaining momentum. It implies that someone is following the crowd without critical thought or genuine commitment, often motivated by a desire to be associated with success or popularity. So thank you, GPT, for giving us that answer. So, the whole concept of the bandwagon. I remember being a kid and I grew up in southeastern Kentucky, 11 miles above the Tennessee Kentucky border. And what I, even as a child, thought was so very interesting was there were diehard fans of whether it was Tennessee football, Kentucky basketball, or Then you had these, what I considered kind of the Fairweather fans, that whichever team was winning, here you go, the people were on that team's bandwagon, so to speak. That was really my first experience of that. But I remember, even as a little kid, going, I just plain don't like this. Because to me... I know, you know, sports is it's sports, and, and there are some incredibly loyal fans, but as a just a character trait, I want to be known for my loyalty, not jumping on whatever bandwagon is the most popular at the time. We've been working our way through the book of 2 Samuel now for quite some time, and we have made it to 2 Samuel 19, 41 through 43. And this is the last one of our lessons on David's transitions. We spent a few weeks on David as Absalom was getting ready to come into Jerusalem and take it if he needed to by force. We saw David on his way out. It was this mournful march out of the city that he loved. And we talked about the different people he encountered and some of those experiences. And then we saw him as he was evacuated, so to speak, 
Then we saw the battle. <coughs> Excuse me. And then now we've spent the last few lessons talking about David's trip back into town. And even though this is only three verses, I think it it brings out this whole idea of the bandwagon because as I look at this and I see the men of Israel and the men of Judah fighting over David, <laughs> wanting to make sure that they were there with him to be able to escort him back into town. I'm thinking, where in the world were you all when David was just a pitiful sight headed out of Jerusalem? You know, there was a time where David truly believed, because he was told this, but he believed it, that everyone was following Absalom. And I do wonder just how many of these same people who are now escort, wanting to escort him back into town were ones that followed Absalom. And now that David is victorious, here they are jumping on the bandwagon. So let's look at these three verses, and then we're going to look at a couple of sets of verses in the New Testament that I think will maybe challenge us. So 2 Samuel 19, 41 through 43. But all the men of Israel complained to the king. The men of Judah stole the king and didn't give us the honor of helping take you, your household, and all your men across the Jordan. The men of Judah replied, the king is one of our own kinsmen. Why should this make you angry? We haven't eaten any of the king's food or received any special favors. But there are 10 tribes in Israel, the others replied. So we have 10 times as much right to the king as you do. What right do you have to treat us with such contempt? Weren't we the first to speak of bringing him back to be our king again? The argument continued back and forth, and the men of Judah spoke even more harshly than the men of Israel. Is this not pitiful? Like, <laughs> just look at this, and you're like, seriously, did, did, did you all really just fight about who gets to be in the parade back into town? Yeah, they did. And so as we look at that, even though they look really like a mess, but how many times are we looking at trying to hitch our cart, so to speak, to the winner? And how many times are we really looking for somebody who's instead in a bad way, where we're not trying to make ourselves look better and even advance ourselves, but we're looking to make a difference in the life of somebody who's not in the best of places at the moment. I, as I was putting together the weekly assignment feature, I, I, I was, you know, thinking about this. And so our assignment is turn your what, turn your head away from the bandwagon. Who do you see? Reach out to him or her. You know, there was a time not too long ago that King David was not nobody. Nobody was clamoring to be with him. 
not, at least not the large crowds. And now that he is back in victorious, all of a sudden, everybody wants to hang out in the glory. God just laid this phrase on my heart, but it fits. Everybody wants to hang out in the glory, but who's with you in the gloomy? That is when you see who your true people are. Those people who are willing to go with you into the gloom. And so, as I was thinking about this earlier today, I started thinking about a particular time in the ministry of Jesus. So Jesus, Matthew 20, he's talking about his, his upcoming death. And then we have this very interesting story about the mom of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And don't think that James and John are not right there because you can tell that they're as a part of this and may very well have put their mama up to asking this. But I intentionally put the verses, I put it in context because it makes it even harder here because she's trying to get them on the bandwagon for his reign. And they were so focused on that that they missed the fact that he just told about how he was going to die. Again, so many times we are so focused on how to advance our own career, our own relationships, that we hitch our cart to someone's bandwagon and miss multiple opportunities to take care of others. So Matthew 20, 17 through 28. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside privately and told them what was going to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip, and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. And here is the very next section. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully. To ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She replied, In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you ready to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Jesus told them, You will indeed drink from my bitter cup. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, 
You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Convicting words. Convicting, convicting, convicting. We can look at, you know, the mother of James and John. We can look at James and John just like the disciples did and say, you know, what in the world were you all thinking? But how many times do we get that bandwagon mentality? We're trying to get ahead in one way, shape, or form. We're trying to ride the coattails of a winner instead of focusing on taking care of others around us. We can be so focused on how can I look good? How can I succeed? How can I move forward? And another passage that God brought to mind was the crucifixion. Remember that when Jesus was arrested, we definitely didn't have a bandwagon, did we? What happened to those disciples? What happened to the people who had been following? Well, they ran off. They were scared. And at the crucifixion, who was there? It definitely, even though it for us, because we're looking back on this side of the cross, we know that this was the turning point of history. And they missed it. Because they were afraid. Because this was not a bandwagon moment. This wasn't a moment like Jesus proceeding in on Palm Sunday and all of the Hosanna. This is in the nitty gritty. John 19, so 25 through 27, standing near the cross were Jesus' mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, which is John, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. We know that there weren't many who were there in the gloom. And so... I'm going back to that phrase and I'll create a graphic to put along in the show notes that ask, you know, when are you spending your life looking for the glory or are you devoting your life to meeting people in the gloom. The men of Israel, the men of Judah, they weren't there when David was mournfully walking up the Mount of Olives. When he felt so alone, there were very few that were walking alongside. But when you are 
on the victory platform. People come out of the woodwork to support you. May we as Christ followers be ones who are there to support. There's nothing wrong with supporting people when, they, when they're having a good run. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that you're also supporting people in the gloom. In those times where they most need you by their side. As you can tell, this is all about a, a shifting of the mind. Because we are to be living for Christ. And that means we are to be putting others first. And if you are there clapping for them in the midst of their wins, you're doing it because you want to support them. And if you are there in the gloom, you're there because you want to support them. Not because either would bring your agenda forward, but because you are representing Christ in those places. So we will continue on next next week. We will jump into and jump out of since we have been hanging out in the travels. We've got this weird story next week, which is the revolt revolt slash rebellion of Sheba. So we may go over like one whole chapter, and it's a fairly lengthy chapter but we may we may take that one all at once uh we've been biting off so much lately but we're we're going to probably take that and put it all together let me lead us in prayer dear god we as human beings have a tendency to want to migrate toward those that are winning those that are on the upswing, those that we can clap for and ride their coattails. But dear God, you have called us just like we saw in the scripture just a moment ago. You have called us to be servants. You have, you have called us to be like your son. And to serve others, not serve our own agendas. And may we learn from the men of Israel and the men of Judah. And not focus on the bandwagon. But focus on those that are most in need of our support. May we go the extra mile. May we be there in the gloom because we all know that there has been one who has been there in the gloom with us. It might have been someone with skin on, but dear God, you were there in the midst of our darkest days. Use us as lights in the midst of the darkness of others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have tuned into this and you're like, I have no idea what this lady's talking about, 
I don't know about this Jesus thing. You can reach out to me at encouraging others in loving Jesus at gmail.com. You can check out our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. You can check out the link below that says, I want to begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Would love to talk to you about that. And let's see what else we've got down below in the show notes. Of course, we have references. We've got a QR code where you can scan it and it will take you to the place where all of the episodes are housed. You may have tuned in on Spotify, Amazon. There's so many different places that the podcast is located, but I've noticed that it doesn't have all the episodes. Not only does it not have some of the earlier ones, but I was on some platform the other day and it didn't have like the last 40 of them. I don't know what's going on with that. So if you scan that QR code, you will get all 220 episodes and growing. And so remember, this is um, not only free to listen to, but it's free to share with others. You know, take advantage of the opportunity and think about who, who is it in your life that needs some encouragement in loving Jesus and send it their way. I would love Love, love, love uh, to see this message uh, continue to push forward. I think we're approaching like 6,000 downloads, which is a little overwhelming for me to even think about, but I'm just trying to be obedient, you know, and, but I can get on here every week and I can talk about God's word, but if you don't listen and you don't share with others, the message isn't going to go very far. How about we band together and encourage others in loving Jesus? And just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm-hmm.